We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Two-man show today. It's just me and my boy, Kamiar. I'm drinking Topa Chico with a twist of lime and um, looking at Instagram. And did you know that Danilo Gallinari, his wife or girlfriend, like... Do you know what she does for a living? I do not. I know she's really short. Well, in comparison to Gallo, she's super short. tall. Well, yeah, that's fair. You would look at this woman and think she was a model, but she's a uh, she's a weather person, I think, or like a she is a like a meteorologist. Reporter. No, because the United States and specifically Oklahoma, they're like one of the only places that require you to be an actual science uh, scientist, meteorologist to uh, you know, talk about the weather because of the serious crap that goes down here. In several other states and countries, their weather people just are mass calm folks. So I think she's like a news reporter or the weather a weather person. Oh, I got it. Interesting. In Italy, yeah. Very good. I just well, found that out. It, well, maybe she is. I, I was going to say, I wonder if she's back home in Italy. I would prefer to be back in Italy than in, in America right now. I think a, a lot of people would be, rather be anywhere but the United States right now. I mean, like... Yeah. Look Look around you. Very true. Uh, I had to go to the doctor the other day, and they made me fill out this form, and it asked, have you been out of the United States in like the past 30 days or something? Do you write, I wish? <laughs> I was like, man, if you check yes on this, you're less likely to have corona than if you checked no, I've stayed home. That's kind of wild. Um, Kamiar, 
we have been uh, NBA has been done in the bubble for a while now, and I've been thinking as we've been seeing more and more social media posts and things from the bubble. If, if you, you got if the you, oppor- oh yeah, if you don't follow that like NBA bubble Twitter handle that just follows all the NBA players, you're not living your life the right yeah, way. Yeah, I DM to see if they'd come on the pod. Uh, no response yet. Of course not. We don't it's even know who, like who Myers Leonard or something. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Myers Leonard, shotgunned a 16 ounce beer today and uh, still the undefeated champ of the bubble so far. Of uh oh, what's that game? Cornhole. He loves bags. Yeah, he calls them bags. Which is kind of weird. I'm from Wisconsin. Which is, which is he from also, Wisconsin? I don't know. He he. All I've heard is he says he's from the sticks. That that don't mean crap. Like he's he is very redneck. Let me let me figure out where he is because I made fun of him one one time. Yeah, you made fun of him ordering like a a warm tea from Starbucks, but this dude probably like doesn't even go to Starbucks. He probably just drinks like deer piss in the morning. Myers Leonard is from Virginia and went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. There you go. But there yeah, you I, go. I made fun of him one day because he was with the Trailblazers, and I said, Myers, uh, Myers Leonard looks like the type of guy that orders tea at Starbucks and wears Birkenstocks while doing it, and he blocked me. <laughs> He's got a deep voice. Yeah, much deeper than I thought. A lot of ladies find him attractive, even though like, he has like white hair now. Yeah. So, Kamiar, with with all that being said, um, some of the NBA media have now started getting out of quarantine down in the bubble. We've seen a lot of what the players have brought. My question is, if you got sent down to the bubble to cover NBA basketball for the next three months, what would you bring with you? What's like? What are what are your essentials to have? Uh, while you're down in the bubble, obviously talk- you can't bring your fiance and your dogs. <clears throat> Talking like phone. Well, yeah, obviously you bring your phone, but like, what would you bring to to pass the time? Um, uh, premium subscription to Pornhub. God damn. Uh, <laughs> what is the subscription that the players were offered? The the cam thing. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I would probably bring. I mean, but I wouldn't have to bring my Xbox or anything because they have a ton of them there, right? Yes, uh, I don't know if those if that player uh, lounge thing is open all the time, okay. but I do know a lot of players brought their own gaming setups. I'd I'd bring my own I'd bring my podcast equipment that I could set up because to pass the time you could you know, podcast and just talk about life in the bubble. That might be fun. Yeah, man, Matisse Thibel's vlog on YouTube has been going crazy. Like he's got so many subscribers and viewers on that thing. Yeah, um, and it's really well done too. So. I'm sure that definitely passes the time doing video editing. Word. Oh, he came. He went to the University of Washington. Yes, that is correct. That's right. That's a good question. I would definitely bring my gaming system as well. I'd bring my podcast equipment, obviously my laptop. Man, like, I wonder if while you're in the bubble, you could like sign up and do classes online and like finish your college degree or something. I bet that's what some players are doing. Like, might as well, right? I have nothing else better to do except, you know, leave the bubble to go see the birth of your child, which is stupid. <laughs> I would super nerd alert on the pod. Get ready. Uh, I would bring my Dungeons and Dragons book and God, I would get NBA gross. players to play D and D with me. What's wrong with you? It would be awesome. That sounds terrible. We need to do a podcast segment. Which NBA player would play what type of D and D character? Uh, Kendrick Perkins would play an idiot. <laughs> Stephen no. Adams. Stephen Adams is a barbarian, one hundred percent. Stephen Adams is a barbarian. Um, who's what is Shay? Shay. Very smooth. Probably got a high deck score. Um, Shay might be like an archer or or a or a thief. Why say that? Just just the high decks. He's he's very skillful, very fluid. I don't know, bro. Chris Paul would play a wizard. Would he? I'm convinced. I thought John Wall would play a wizard. That's a good point. I like it. All right, well, you mentioned it. One of the Thunder players is going to be leaving the bubble to go see the birth of his child. Dennis Schroeder has announced that in three to four weeks, his wife will be having uh, their second kid, and he will leave the bubble to go home. His wife's name is Ellen. Ellen, yes, Ellen Schroeder. 
Uh, they will be together whenever she has her baby. I'm not sure where she's having her baby at. Do you know if it's at. a male or female? I do not know. He already I don't has know if... a baby boy, right? Yes. Yes. And it's. I think his son is just Dennis Schroeder Jr. It's so difficult to keep track because like a lot of these Thunder players are have kids. Like yeah. Chris Paul's are older because he's older. But like get Dennis Schroeder. Um, Ferg's have got a kid. Ferg. You still keep track of Russ's kids because I still follow him on Instagram. Does anybody else have kids, actually? I don't think anybody else does. Just those three. Well, I'm just kidding. Though. It might be, yeah. Because last year, Paul had kids. Um, but, so so Schroeder heading out of the bubble and going to see the birth of his child. Uh, he will be leaving the bubble right when the Thunder are playing those eight seeding games. It may Looks last... like we're keeping that 20th pick. Yeah, that's a, a very good point that I hadn't even thought of, actually. So, uh yeah, but what what do you think losing Schroeder does to this team specifically the bench? Commoner, like how how we know that the three point guard lineup is the best three man lineup in NBA basketball this year. We know how efficient they've been, how great they've been at the end of games, uh, how versatile they've been. Losing that is a pretty big gut punch. What do you think the Thunder need to do to counteract that to to still be able to play well? Score more points. That's the tweet. No, uh, you probably stagger Shea a little bit more and have him play the second lineup a little bit more. But my question is, because Shea plays off ball a lot, he plays at the three and the two a lot, um, he doesn't have that, he doesn't really get that many options to play the one because uh, Schroeder takes over in that aspect. So I'm thinking you're going to see a lot of Shea dominating the ball now, which I think is going to be interesting, and I hope that... Lou Dort can continue his trend upward. You hope that Ferg can find any sort of semblance of what he, I don't know, what he looked like a couple times in his career. Like he's just a good defender. You might have a wing, a big wing, and Andre Robertson actually come back. But uh, yeah, did it? OKC suddenly went from four and four and three and five to like two and seven. Okay, going in there, in the or not two and seven, but one and seven or what, two and six. In uh, going over the next eight games, which is, I think, fine for a lot of Thunder fans because two and six will probably still net you the, what, six seed, maybe the seven seed, depending upon what Dallas does. Yeah, I think and you really want to try to stay in that top six and avoid either yeah. of the LA teams. And you, and, uh, and then you definitely, you're definitely going to get to pick, keep that number 20 pick uh, that you, the, you lost to the Sixers, and then they're going to get it back because the Sixers are better. Or they should, they should, the Sixers should win more than two of those games, but who knows? OKC's won several games without several people this year, and Gallo's not going to rest in any of these games. So if you can get contributions from Baisley, then you're going to get Shea probably handling the ball a lot more. So you're going to get to see him in prime playoff minutes like he had last year. So who knows? You know the Thunder are practicing that like right now. You know the Thunder are giving Shea a lot more ball handling duties because, I mean, Dennis is literally not even going to be playing with the team. Yeah, and and I think you hit the nail on the head there. This past season, I think Shea has played like 10% of his minutes or something like that at the one. Most of his time has come at the two and the three. And losing it's, Dennis, like Shea's going to have to play those minutes. Cause, it's not to say uh, Shea's not an effective ball handler. He's not an effective player there. He just You've had other guys run the offense. So. Yeah, it's just it, – yeah, it, it was just kind of out of necessity almost. And I don't think they're going to have Lou Dort handle the ball much, even though he is a point guard. So, yeah, I think we see Shea's minutes at point guard go up significantly, which is going to open up so many different lineup opportunities. I mean, it's going to be weird. I don't know. I'd have to like dig deep into like some, some lineup stats. But how many minutes did Shea play this year where he was on the court without Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder? I think that number is really, really, really low. It's probably early on in the season and yeah. not much after. Exactly. And so, and now, I mean, he's probably going to be playing 15, 20 minutes a night without Chris on the court. And that's going to be pretty significant because they're definitely going to start those two and then probably take Chris off, Shea stays on, and then when Shea comes off, Chris comes on. That way you always have a ball handler on the floor. So... What we've grown accustomed to with this team this year, which is that small ball lineup of three guards, uh, three guys that are 6'6 or shorter, um, two of them being 6'3 or shorter, that's about to change. And it's about to be a lot more of a wing-heavy 
lineup that the Thunder don't have a lot of great wings. I mean, obviously you've mentioned if Andre Robertson come back, comes back, that helps. If Terrence Ferguson can find his old self, that helps a lot. But besides that, I mean, you are taking those minutes, those 30-plus minutes a night that Schroeder was playing, and you're replacing them with Robertson, Ferguson, Abdul Nader, uh, maybe more minutes for Lou Dort. There's a lot of unproven guys there. Well, I've got I've got the perfect plan. Okay, I'm ready for it. So, a you're gonna stagger CP3, and you're gonna and and SGA. You're probably gonna play Shea a ton of minutes, and I mean, think about this. Just don't rule it out, but just think about it. So you're gonna start CP3. You'll start Lou Dort. You'll start Shea. You'll start Gallo and Steve, but stagger it to where Shea's leaving the second lineup of Shea, Terrence Ferguson, Abdul Nader, and then here's where things get interesting. You play Dre at the four because he's big enough to, and everybody plays small ball these days, and Nerlens. Think about that defensive matchup if Dre is maybe 80% of what it used to be. Yeah. You have Shea, Ferg, Andre. And you have Shea to make some shots. You have Nader to run some sets. And then Nerlens for shot blocking and uh, rim running purposes. Yeah, lobs and pick and roll. I also kind of like that uh, and replace Nader with Darius Baisley. See, but that's my thing is because I originally had Baisley at the four and Dre at the three. But I thought, wow, literally nobody but Shea can shoot the ball. So I put Nader there. And that maybe you could sub in base for, you know, Dre in, in spots. But th- this lineup will only be on the floor like 15 minutes of the game. Yeah. You, you just got to hold it down for Gallo to be in. Definitely. No, I totally agree. And and like you mentioned, you know, shooting is going to be an issue. Ball handling is going to be an issue. The reason that three-point guard lineup was so lethal, yes, they did move the ball well, but you had three guys that could create their own shot, create for others, uh, and create an isolation. And so late game, you get the ball to any one of them and you just play the mismatch. The Thunder aren't going to have that option as much. And so I wonder how much that's going to change the clutch time uh, of of this team. You know? I mean, you still got three guys that can walk the ball up the court. I mean, they trust, they trust Chris with it. They trust Shea. They trust Gallo with it. And then, of course, Dort's just there to three and D. And then Steve's over there to set screens. But... Even Gallo can hunt his own shot. He's, I mean, he doesn't do the same. He's not going to take guys off the dribble, but he takes guys one-on-one and does a lot of backing in the post and mid-range turnarounds. So I think you still have three guys. If you have three of the guys, which OKC has shown, if you have three of the guys with Gallo, Shea, and CP3, and Dennis Schroeder, you have a decent chance of winning because OKC he played how many games without Gallo? Like 15 almost at least they had a great record without gallo and i mean you take out shea okay he's won some of those games they didn't win with that one game without cp3 uh Schroeder's missed a couple here or there and uh so i as long as you have three of the four okay he's in a good spot because they can run the offense so with Schroeder going to be out which player do you think has to step up and fill that void obviously like the the cop-out answer is, you know, oh, they're going to do it by committee, and that's what the team's going to say. But which player has to really step up and fill that vacuum with Schroeder out, you know, step up the, the ball handling, the scoring, uh, really just take their game to the next level in order for this team to be successful? Chris Paul. Oh, wow, you're going to you, you think even more on Chris Paul? Yeah, the man averages like 11 points a game. Like Shea's, <laughs> average, what, Shea's averaging like, what, 18 points a game? And yeah, Gallo, Shea, Shea leads the team in scoring at 19. I mean, 19. like, by, by a margin, him him, and him, Gallo and Schroeder are pretty close, aren't they? Yeah, but Schroeder leads the team in field goal attempts. So I, I do think you're onto something. Chris Paul's going to shoot the ball more. I mean, like, Shea needs to average over 20 points in the playoffs or in, in these next eight games. And CP3 needs to average seven, eight more points, too, you know? I mean, I think you're CP3 is a great facilitator, and he's going to get those assists. But he's also going to have to live in the mid range, and he likes living in the mid range, so he's fine with that. So Dennis Schroeder this year, nineteen points per game. Uh, he was taking fifteen shots a game, which is highest on the team. 
Uh, four assists, four rebounds, shooting. Where's his three point percentage at? Shooting thirty eight percent on five threes a game. That's a lot of production to to fill in other shoes, and so that's going to be really fascinating. Now, Kamiar, I will tell you, and I I don't have a lot of faith in this, but I think it is a possibility. So last night, just for the hell of it, I got on uh, M- the NBA app and watched the. Very first game of the season, Thunder versus Jazz, game number one uh, out in Utah, the game that the Thunder lost. But in watching that game, number one, Ferg still had his braids, which was really cool. But number two, he was really aggressive offensively. Like, I saw Ferg catching passes on the wing, putting the ball on the floor and trying to get to the rim. I saw him hunting a shot. And at the end of the season, obviously, that was not the case at all. Now, I don't think Ferg's going to score 10-plus points a game or anything like that. But I think that's a spot where maybe you can make up some of that bench production from Schroeder is if Ferg's mind is in the right place, if he's kind of back to who he was last year in the beginning of this year, that could be really good for this team. Don't expect anything special. I just expect them to go through screens and to attempt some threes, but I don't expect him to average any more than three or four points a game. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I... That that's where you could get production from. I don't think that's where you're gonna get that production from. Um, so it's gonna be fascinating. You know, I do think there is a possibility that these young guys, the the Darius Baisleys, the Lou Dorts, the the Shea Gilgis Alexanders, um, the Hamadou Diallos, watching that game last night, Hami was all over the place. Obviously, he can't shoot the ball for shit. What but game? He, he was the the Utah game, the very first game of the season. I mean, oh. he he had like six or eight points in the first half just by working his ass off. And so I wonder if, you know, some of those young guys will be able to make a little bit of a leap and fill in some of those gaps while Schroeder is out. I also wonder, what if they find a rhythm while Schroeder's out and then he comes back in the playoffs and that rhythm is thrown off? Not worried about it at all. Not really? worried. They'll, they'll probably be relieved that he came back because it's another weapon and they can just get back into the rhythm of things. Like, I've wondered, why isn't he just back with his wife in general? But then I thought, well, I mean, he probably needs to get some continuity with his teammates after taking several months off. So he's at practice. So, like, they're going to run however many – they're going to run however many weeks without Dennis. I highly doubt he's going to be missing for all eight games. I'd be surprised if he was missing for all eight games. Or, you know, actually, how many how many days are they spending those eight games in? Like, about two, two weeks? weeks? Two weeks. Okay, never mind. I would be, and he's got a quarantine. If he if he gets negative tests on COVID tests every day that he's out of the bubble, when he returns, he's got a quarantine for four days, uh, and produce negative tests when he's in the bubble. So if he comes back uh, seven days in, it's going to be eleven days in until he can get back out on the court because he's going to be locked in his room for four days in the bubble. So it sounds like Dennis is going to be here for the start of the playoffs. I think that's the hope, right? I think that's the hope is that he'll he'll at least be there for the start of round one. So, and then if they win in round one and move on to round two, uh, Ellen and the kids will be able to come to the bubble with him. I wouldn't want, I would not want her to, with her newborn child, another child, to travel on an airplane right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Especially I I would want them in the bubble because I think the bubble is maybe the safest place in America right now for COVID. I would not want them going from point A to point B to get to the bubble. That's, that's not flying that's commercial. Maybe Sam Presti can do him a solid and fly the family on a private yeah, jet. Yeah, I bet, I bet they could because the players had the option to, to yeah. fly privately. Or so. CP3 can pay for the private jet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's not like he's... Or Dennis because he only makes $16, 15000000 million a year. Yeah. So, um, But that'll be interesting for sure. Uh, I'm kind of excited for to to see what bubble life is whenever some of the players leave and the families show up. I think that'll be that'll be some good wholesome content. Get Chris Paul's kids down there. Uh, get the whole James crew from uh, LeBron's family down there. Get Bronny down there. Get his his I think his 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 wife's name Savannah. I forget his daughter's name, but they were making a whole lot of cool TikToks and stuff over quarantine. So to get the families down there, I think will be pretty cool. Yeah. I could care less. Um, call me out. Any thoughts? So our own Justin Peabody uh, has Gross. sent out a 
a graphic, I guess, and an article on BoomtownHoops.com of the Thunder uniform schedule whenever they play in the bubble. Have you seen this? I have. It looks like they are wearing the white jerseys once during the eight seating games and the blue jerseys a total of zero times. Uh, we get the orange jerseys four times and then the bombing memorial jerseys, the black ones, three times. I mean, if you um, look at if you look at the win loss total, uh, they won most often in the orange jerseys and yep. the city jerseys. So, and then they went with one day of wearing the regular home jersey, right? Uh, yeah, one day with the white association against the Lakers. Um, yeah. So everything and, and everything else is orange and black, right? Or orange gray. and black. Yeah. Uh, the so. the city editions this year are some of my favorite jerseys they've ever made. Um, I still, all honesty, missed, I still miss the Native American ones from last year. Yeah, too. those ones maybe, were clean. Maybe they can use both next year. The The Thunder have done a really good job with the city editions, I think. The, I really the, wish they'd get rid of maybe the... I really wish they'd get rid of like the orange version of the blue one they had last year and replace it with the Native American-inspired ones they had last mm-hmm. year. Those would be two really, really, really cool jerseys, and so yeah. fans could fans could go buy like the city edition for the memorial, or fans could go buy the Native American inspired ones too. Those are really nice. That's like that that that's probably the first Oklahoma City jersey that I was like, hey, I really like this. I really enjoy this. Yeah, especially compared to the early days. Like, do you remember the vertical font navy jersey? I my father bought me one of those jerseys and it's been in my closet. I've never worn it and never used it. Cause it's like, it just like, it looks like some YMCA bull crap and they've yeah, they just been so bad. So yeah, they've does. been rebranding, which is nice and they need to continue that trend. The, the, the shift to Nike was very kind to the Oklahoma city thunder. Um, so, so yeah, like we mentioned white jerseys once blue jerseys, zero times, uh, out of the white and the blue ones, call me or which one do you do like more? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I like the classic white, but something about those blue jerseys because they flip flopped them where the blue jerseys say Thunder and the white jerseys say Oklahoma City. Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I. Uh, I prefer. I'll go with the white jerseys. I think I'm with you. I like the white jerseys as well. But the the cities have just been incredible. And you mentioning buying a jersey just made me think. I wonder if the NBA is going to sell, like, uh, what, what, what? I forget what Chris Paul is going to have on the back of his jersey. I think equality. Equality. So I wonder if you could buy an Oklahoma City number three equality jersey. Would you buy that? Uh, I don't mean I don't really wear jerseys anymore, so probably not. But I just I think it'd be cool if they offered the jerseys with the sayings on the back uh, for sale on the NBA site. I think that would be, and then like let all proceeds go to black lives matter or, or some group that is uh, or or organization that's, you know, designed to help communities of color. Yeah. It's probably a good idea. I think mm-hmm. there's a, uh, just, it, it just makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know. So, uh, but so jerseys, it's going to be fun. I, I, I'm glad. I hope we get a lot of color on color matchups like black, Oklahoma City Thunder jerseys versus red Miami Heat. I thought, never mind, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> or, you know, the the orange Thunder jerseys uh, whenever they play the Clippers and the Clippers wear the blue jerseys or something like that. I hope we get a lot of color-on-color matchups because I've, I've always been a fan of that. Eh, I'm indifferent. I don't, man, I don't <laughs> care. I really don't care about jerseys. I just want to see some active sports. Um, it's Not a jerseyman? Really- I just don't care. I mean, like, do I have jerseys? Yes. I don't have NBA jerseys other than, like, my autographed one that's hanging in the den. Who's it um, autographed by? It's autographed by Kevin Durant. All right. Just wanted to make sure you were willing it, to hey, say that. It's it's going to be Live. worth a lot of money one day. I promise you. Um, but uh, you sound like those guys, on the, like the old man on the daytime commercials that's like, you need to invest in gold. It's at an all-time high. It's going to be worth a lot of money one you're not, day. You're not telling me in 2040 or 2060 when we're old as crap and maybe the, we're still here because of plagues that a that Kevin Durant, an autographed OKC Kevin Durant jersey, wouldn't be worth a lot. It, it'd be worth a lot more if it was a Seattle Supersonics jersey, but still. 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, I for your case, I hope so. I hope you make a lot of money off that thing. I, I, I'm not gonna sell it. I'm gonna <laughs> keep it. Uh, all right. Well, call me our last question about the Thunder. We know that this team has been crazy good in the clutch this season. Um, they, they've played a lot of close games, and I mean, Chris Paul is the leading point scorer in the clutch in the se- in the NBA season. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, not far behind him. They've just been incredible. Play close games, but they pull them out at the end. With Schroeder being out, and with just the the whole weirdness of playing in the bubble without fans, do you think that's a good thing that the Thunder play close games and win a lot of them, or is it a bad going to be a bad thing that they play a lot of close games? It's going to be good for the playoffs because the Thunder are already battle-tested and they know how to win close games down the stretch. You look at teams like Denver, you look at teams like Houston, and um, who else is right now? Oh, Utah. They they didn't really necessarily play in a lot of close games. And OKC, they started to, like, towards the end of the season, they started not to go on as many close games. And they actually started to just win them outright. But the Thunder, because they have so many minutes in the clutch or crunch time, whatever you want to call it, they are battle tested. They know what it takes to win down the stretch. So, and you know, if Andre Robertson is available, you could definitely go with a lineup of something along the lines of CP3, Shea, Andre at the three, maybe if he's available too, and having Gallo at the four and Steve or Nerlens at the five. That way, you take you have four guys that can play good defense, and you can you know, really cover up for Gallo's defend, uh, defensive issues, in which aren't as bad as Ennis Cantor's ever were. They aren't as bad as Carmelo Anthony's ever were. So, like, you can lock it down on one end and go get a bucket on the other. I mean, that's what Oklahoma City has done in the past. Just and they did it with Russell Westbrook's MVP season. Just play defense, get the ball to Russ and he will maybe make one of the shots. And so when you have two of the leaders in clutch time, like aren't CP3 and Shade right next to each other, like one and three? Yeah, something like that. So like you have the two leaders there. I mean, it's it's good news, and these dudes love to play in the mid-range. So if they could get in against a team like Utah that they're very poor against the mid-range, I mean, in the playoffs, then that would be really good news for OKC. But if they miss Dennis Schroeder and they end up going two and six or maybe even three and five, you know, they might be looking at a series with Denver instead. Yeah. You you speaking of those lineups and being versatile defensively, like I think the dream scenario for this team is with, with I was going to say Ferguson, with Schroeder out, if guys are performing well enough to be able to run a lineup that's like Chris, Shea, Ferg, Dre, and Adams. So you have two defenders, two offensive guy, and a guy that sets screens? Basically, yeah. I mean, but all five of those guys are really good defenders. Or, you know, you could get really wild with it and score zero points, but run a lineup of, like, Shea, Dort, Ferg, Robertson, and Adams, and just not let anyone score the ball ever. Just put Nerlens in place of Adams. Yeah, for the the shot blocking, and then just... Yeah, clamps on clamps on clamps because you can't play Dre at the four and play Adams at the five because there's no shot blocking. Um, but and there's no Dre, there's no spacing at all. Not no spacing, but you can play Dre at the four and Nerlens at the five. Considering that Dre has the strength, he's still big. He didn't he didn't lose his size, and he can filter guys onto their offhand to the bucket in an, in an angle in which gives Nerlens a massive. Uh, increase in his ability to block shots uh, off the weak side. So that's where Dre comes back. And I bet everybody in the Slack, 20 bucks that Dre wouldn't play meaningful minute. But the longer this has gone on and the longer everybody else has been talking about it and not just Dre saying he feels good, the more I feel like Dre will actually play legitimate minutes. And maybe w- maybe it's not like, of course, 20 minutes, but like 12 minutes a night, 10 minutes yeah, a night. The way every single player at media availability yeah. – has es- raved on Dre. I'm gonna be surprised if he doesn't play. Especially Dort. The way Dort has said, like he's in super good shape, and like he's teaching him a lot of things. And yeah, it, it just it just looks like Dre. It just looks and sounds like Dre is gonna play. I don't see how they would hype him up like that. And Billy basically unlocked playoff Dre. Like Billy unlocked Dre's abilities by. 
that playoff in 2016 where he said, you know what, if you're not going to guard him, I'm going to force you to guard him. And he made him the pick guy in the pick and roll. Um, yep. So it's pretty pretty impressive stuff that he's able to do with u- un- uh, useless guys on offense. Uh, so that playoff series for Dre, five games against the Houston Rockets. Listen to this stat line. This This blows my effing mind considering that you have to know he was – every time he was on the court, he was guarding James Harden. Andre Robertson, 11.6 points, six rebounds, two assists, 2.4 steals, 3.4 blocks a game. Was that the 2017 playoffs? Yes. There's a rush Shot MVP 41% season, right? from three on over three attempts a game. Also shot 14% from the free throw line on four attempts a game. But still, like many people would argue, and I think we talked about it on the podcast not long after that, we said Dre was the second best player in that series. And oh, that's, hands down. And that's an issue. But oh, Over Vic, over Steven Adams, yeah. over Taj Gibson. And for Billy Donovan to just recognize that and put him in a really great situation for success that Scott Brooks would have never dreamed of is just a kudos that again to Billy Donovan and in his ways of getting all guys involved in play. So I always think like, what could have OKC have done if they had Chris Paul? If you had switched Chris and Russ much earlier, how this team would have actually reacted and responded and would they have a title? But that's yeah. not a conversation we're ready to have. That stat line, just look at 2.4 steals and 3.4 blocks a he game really is incredible. Good. That's so freaking good. Like He was the second best player to the MVP on that team, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. Man. Man, I, I I just hope that guy can come back and play basketball. I really hope he can. Just, Same, just, but on just, a minimum. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just meaning like just now. Like I, I hope he has the physical ability to still play. Uh, I'd be really happy for him. If not, he has Rachel DeMita at home and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. It's not that big of a deal either way. All right, well, Kamar, before we move on, let's take a quick second and tell our listeners about betonline.ag. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Get into the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Well, BetOnline has future odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out the daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and to wager on. Just visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's all one word, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, well, back to my favorite segment of the podcast. Let's take a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. All right, so down in the bubble, Kamiar, a lot of news coming out. Like you mentioned at the top of it, but the bubble life, what is it, at NBA bubble life, I think, Twitter handle, just an absolute must follow, man. It's such high quality stuff. Um, I, I have got a lot of enjoyment out of seeing what all these guys are doing in the bubble. Um, but today, some some pretty serious news from the bubble, Zion Williamson is leaving for a family medical issue, uh, and he hopes to be back at some point in time. We do not know when that will be. He didn't specify. They didn't obviously give any details about what's going on with his family. You hope the best. You hope somebody doesn't have COVID and is like in the hospital or in the ICU or anything like that. But for the Pelicans, who have the easiest schedule in the bubble and have a chance to push for that eighth seed, this is pretty significant news. I was I muted. Know. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if you know, but you're muted, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Zion leaving the bubble. Yeah, it's it, like, yeah, I I mean, what can you say? 
He's fat, Julius Randle, and he's leaving the bubble. And like, yeah, and you guys got on my head, and you said, oh, well, looks like the images say he's super buffed up. And then we saw another image of him arriving to the bubble, and it was just like they caught him at his best angle, and he's still actually just fat Zion or fat Julius. He just whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's kind of a blow to the Pelicans, to be honest. Like, I know Nick said he's not high in the Pelicans and he thinks they're overrated, but I, how can you look at that roster and tell me they're overrated with Drew Holiday, Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, who, like, had been hurt but was everybody was healthy and they were really putting it all together at the end. J.J. Redick, Jackson Hayes. Derek uh, Favors. Derek Favors. I, I don't even know who plays center for them. Derek Favors plays center for him. Oh, that's right, because he bumped With Jackson down. Hayes he back in the down. Yeah. I just don't understand how you can say they're underrated when they have legitimate guy. Josh Hart, he's a, yeah. he's, a, he's a good, he's a, he's a solid NBA player. Is he an all-star? No. Will he ever be one? No. But is he a solid NBA player? Yes, especially with the way they play. Definitely. I just don't see how you can say that they're an overrated team. And so Zion being out, I mean, it's like they played the entire regular season without him anyways, for the most part. Um, but man, that's a, that's, that's a significant portion that you're going to miss. And so like now you're looking at, okay, who could get in if the Pelicans crater, which I gave the Pelicans the nod to get that eighth seed uh, over the uh, trailblazers or who's in the eighth seed right now, the Grizzlies the, or the Grizz, because the Grizz are missing out on, uh, a couple of important pieces that they traded away, actually. Um, so, I mean, you can see Justice Winslow, maybe. But, yeah. Yeah, really Justice big. has been practicing, and apparently he's looked pretty good. So, Who do you rather have on, on that team, though? Jay Crowder or Justice Winslow? In the immediate right now, Jay Crowder. Have, exactly. I'd rather have Jay Crowder, but Justice Winslow can handle it a lot better, and he's like six foot seven. So, yeah. who knows? Basically, your point forward. But I really, I really like Fat Julius Randle, and but it's a really big blow to that team. Uh, so I love uh, how the Pelicans are balanced with youth and experience, youth and vets. You know, I mean, like you mentioned, you got Zoe, but you've also got Drew Holiday. You've got Jackson Hayes, who shows promise. You also have Derek Favors. You have Zion, even though he's not really a veteran. You've got Brandon Ingram, who's kind of become the go-to guy on that team. Just the the blend that that team has allows them to be competitive now, but still keep their ceiling out in the future. And I, I, I don't know. I just I love the way that team is built and set up, uh, especially with the picks coming in from the Anthony Davis trade. They have they're, – they're going to be I, – I think the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Thunder are going to be three really, really fun teams over the next five years in the league. I'm I'm really excited to watch all three of those teams develop. The but Pelicans, now, like in, the Grizz, and the Thunder. Yeah, you're going to be really sad that you're going to be a Thunder fan out of those three. You think so? Yeah, the Pelicans are set up for now. Like, look at they have Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. They have a core: of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Fat Julius Randle. That's all you need to be successful, and they have more guys around them. In Drew Holiday, which they can trade for more assets, or just have him lead the young guys. That's a great, solid core. Like, honestly, that that's going to get them to the playoffs next year if there's an NBA season or it might be a shorter NBA season. They might start yeah. in February, like college football probably will. Um, then you have the Grizz. They have Zion. Not Zion, my bad. They have Jaw, ja. and he's just incredible in his own. Like, Jaw does things that Shea can't even do right now. And Jaw is, of course, much younger. Um, he's, like, what, two years younger? Um, but still, he does things that just wow you, and you're like, holy crap, Shea can't do that. He's in his second year, Jaws in his first year uh, in the NBA, and you just think, man, I, I, you start to think, I would rather almost have, rather have Jaw than Shea, would you? Uh, yeah. Okay, then. So I, so I think, in, and the Grizz have so many young players, too. And you look at the Thunder, you have Shea. Yeah, the, the Thunder don't have the young players yet, but I think over the ne- that next handful of years... There's a lot to be excited about as far as drafting those young the guys. The Thunder are not going to draft De- Denny Afdia. Hey. He's an overrated Mara Hazonia. Hazonia. Why don't you get off my case, all right? They're not going dra- to draft him. They're not going to have the pick. No, I, I, I know they're not going to have the pick this year, and I, I don't think they would trade up this year. But and the, and the Grizz have Brandon Clark, and we're totally dismissing that, even though he's like 25. Yeah. 24, 25. So I, 
I think definitely the Pelicans and Memphis are set up for like more immediate success because they already have those players on their team where the Thunder just have Shea. You know, maybe Baisley turns into something. But I think as far as longevity, the Thunder with all those picks, there's some excitement there on what could be. You know, and obviously your hope is that those picks turn into a jaw or a Zion or a Brandon. Your hope is that the... Your hope is that the Rockets and the Clippers have fallen apart by then and suck. That's what your hope is. Yeah, there's the Clippers. I don't know the Rockets. I uh, in Miami too. You have I feel pretty confident that they the have Rockets a lot of are going to suck. Picks. I mean, you don't. You never know. I mean, yeah, you just have a lot of teams' picks. So you got. You're hoping that the Clippers will suck in 2022. You're hoping Miami sucks down the road. You're hoping the Rockets suck. Out of all those. Most likely to suck, I would probably say Houston because Daryl Morey is not the best and Tillman Fertitta is very, very demanding. The Rockets, and not, the, not the Rockets, but the Clippers, the Clippers are the Clippers. Once that thing is over, which Kawhi Leonard and PG are the ones running that thing, once that thing in the, in Los Angeles with the Clippers is over, everybody's going to turn back their attention to the Lakers because LeBron James doesn't have that much longer in the league. So some superstar is going to want to go play for the Lakers. And you know, Paul, he has always grown up a Lakers, Oklahoma City Clipper Lakers fan. So he might want to go play with Anthony Davis. Who knows? Kawhi Leonard might want to go play with Anthony Davis in just in the same building. How awesome would it be if LeBron retires PG and Kawhi both leave one of them goes to the lakers from the clippers the lakers suck and the thunder get like three straight top five picks i mean that'd be fantastic until shea i mean like i've got i've got good news and i got bad news which one you want first bad news well the bad news is that the bad news is shea's gonna be a second tier player no no oh, okay i, I thought that's shea, where you're going with that shea could be a first tier player he might be a second tier player but uh the bad news is that Shea Gilgis Alexander in what five years, six years, depending upon the extension, will be playing with Luka Doncic. Oh, okay. In, in Dallas, but you, one of the good news. Good news is though. Okay, I'm ready for the good news. He'll get. He'll at least get a ring, and so he'll be one of several other Thunder players that have left the organization and won a ring. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's, I, that's the good news. I should maybe put a hot take sound around. Man, I, like, to, could you imagine if OKC had? Doncic in Shea. It still blows my mind that two teams passed on Luca. Well, the King, like, remember the King's prophecy? And that guy had it all right. Yeah. And everything went according to plan. And the Kings drafted Marvin Bagley. Can you imagine choosing Marvin Bagley while Luca Doncic is on the board? It's just Could wild. you imagine being the owner of the Kings and having to have a second GM of the Kings because Lottie Divock sucks so bad? Because he's like, uh. he's assistant GM now because. Or like he's like assistant to the GM because he just made so many poor choices and uh, now well, there's a well, GM for a GM for a GM. When you're in the lottery, ten straight years, something's not going right. Um, other news out of the bubble, Kamiar. The Philadelphia 76ers have made a bit of a lineup change. It seems as they have Shake. said, Ben Simmons is playing at the four right now with Shake Milton starting at point guard. Owasso's own Shake Milton spurned OU to go down to SMU. Uh, and then they had to go through some NCAA things, I believe, <laughs> for, for SMU and Larry Brown. And then Shake Milton has found his way onto a playoff team because they're much better with a real point guard and not Andre Robertson with handles. It's pretty interesting that I said Andre Robertson should play at the four. And now they're going to play Ben Simmons, ben Simmons at the four. Yeah. They both so, can't shoot worth a damn. I guess their lineup is going to be Shake, Josh Richardson, Tobias at the three, which I think Tobias is better at the four. But you can't bench Tobias or Ben Simmons. So Tobias at the three, Ben Simmons at the four, Joel Embiid at the five. And then you're obviously playing Al Horford off the bench. I mean, this is positionless basketball. You're playing, you're playing Tobias Harris at the three on offense but you're playing him at the four on defense. Yeah, Ben Simmons can literally guard one through four, sometimes one through five yeah. defensively. He is an incredible defender. Um, he's also been shooting threes in these videos that the, that the 76ers are posting from their practices. Obviously, you can't believe anything until we see it in a game. 
Um, I mean, we we've, we see guys do stuff in practice all the time. Yeah, Andre Robertson makes shots in practice sometimes. So, But Ben at the four, I wonder if this is just how it's going to be for his NBA career moving forward because I feel like it kind of needs to be. He's not ever going to be a superstar. He will not ever be a superstar. He is a Super Saiyan, souped-up Evan Turner. He's a big guy that can handle the ball and play some defense, but he's not ever going to shoot you out of a game. Yeah, I don't think... I think Ben Simmons is going to be like... what? What is... I'm, I'm going to have to look it up, and this is great podcasting, just doing this in the middle of the episode. Because he's a big guy with... He, his handles are pretty good. He he's an has, incredible passer. He's got great... Yeah, he has great vision for passing. But the but shooting is a problem. Free throws, bad. Shooting in general, bad. It's just like... So if, if he's not getting to the rim, what's he doing for you other than, other than passing? Because people aren't going to... People are just going to leave him and wait for him in the paint. Yeah, so his career so far, um, the three seasons he has played, 16 points a game, 17 points a game, 16.7 points a game. I don't know if Ben is going to average 20 points a game for his career. I, I like if he, he plays another, he makes it has a jump shot. Yeah, and, and he shoots um, a career 60% from the free throw line. I think he is going to be used best as a forward, as a lockdown defensive forward uh, who can be uh, a secondary playmaker, but you probably don't want him as your primary playmaker because guarding him in a pick and roll is like guarding Russell Westbrook in a pick and roll, but worse. You just go under on everything and you force him to shoot and it clogs it clogs the lane. And so I, I think Ben Simmons' ideal career is playing forward, being a secondary creator, the number one guy on defense, and you have to pair him with uh, a center that can shoot. You got to surround him with shooters. Sounds about right. I don't like Ben Simmons as a talent. So when people like Nick and some of you other guys, I think some of you guys were definitely on board with it, with bringing Ben Simmons to OKC. I am so not on board with Ben Simmons to OKC. What what does he do for you other than be a trade chip? I think it'd be a fascinating fit just because I like the idea of a of a shoot. combo creator with Shea. I don't I I, I don't like but the idea of Shea cre- being a full time point guard or a full time shooting guard. He's not a creator though. He can't create his own shot. No, but he can create for others pretty well. You just need to bank on Darius Baisley turning into Pascal Siakam or some sort of blend between Jeremy Grant and Tobias Harris then. I like all of those. All those all those sound nice. Um, all right, more player news from the bubble. Rajon Rondo. Oh no. Bitched about his hotel room and then broke his hand. Well, that's what he gets. Like out six to eight weeks, which shouldn't be that big need, of a deal. Does he even play that much? I don't he, even... he's he's not obviously obviously not a mainstay, but him being out plus Avery, Avery Bradley, Bradley not making the trip. You're now looking at relying on guys like Alex Caruso, J.R. Smith, and Deion Waiters. Uh, and Danny Green. Hello. Well, yeah, but I mean, Danny Green was going to play regardless. So yeah, but they, would, they are now have really thin Smith? in the backcourt. They're not thin uh, in the backcourt? How are they thin in the backcourt? Rondo and Avery Bradley are out. Okay, but who else do they have? I mean, they're probably, I think they're legitimately about to start Alex Caruso. Which Alex Crusoe's fine. And they have JR and Dion Waiters, like you just said, right? Yeah, but obviously neither of them have played with this team yet either. That's fine. So do, does Rondo and Avery Bradley being out worry you for the Lakers at all? No, they're still going to win a title because LeBron James is the point guard of that team and he plays the four. So they don't need heavy backcourt play. They have heavy front court play. LeBron James and Anthony Davis is all you need. J.R. Smith knows how to play with LeBron James. The entire Lakers staff and players in the team, they know how to play with LeBron James. And a lot of them are veterans because once LeBron got in there, he basically kicked everybody out. All the young players, except for one and Kuzma, for some odd reason. I don't. Kuzma's the one you kept out of all of them, which is the dumbest thing. But so they're not. I don't think they're thin in the backcourt because they don't really rely on the backcourt that often. And so, like you look at, I LeBron think it could James. be a problem defensively for the backcourt for sure. 
I mean, I mean, are they going to take look, a hit because Avery Bradley is a great defender one on one? Well, not great anymore. He's a he's a good defender one on one. Yeah, they're going to take a little bit of a hit, but is it anything that is going to be substantial and cost them an extra five points a game when they're blowing you out by twenty? No, like J.R. Smith is going to shoot anything that comes his way. Uh, Dion Waiters knows how to play with a lot of these guys. And you're just going to get the ball to LeBron James. You're going to get the ball to Anthony Davis. And then everybody's going to double those guys. And you have wide open jumpers for everybody. It's, LeBron is in a much better situation. This is probably the best situation LeBron has been in since Miami Heat. I would agree with that. I And he has a lot better pieces than when they had Miami Heat. Like you had Chris Bosh and, D- and an aging D. Wade. And now you have Anthony Davis and a bunch of other guys that are pretty solid. Like. Danny Green is your number what option, and he's really good. Yeah. I I don't know how much it hurts the Lakers, but just the the depth, I think, is worrisome. You know, now Rondo's out. What happens if, you know, you're 2-2 two and two in a playoff series and JR rolls his ankle or Alex Caruso catches the coronavirus or whatever? Like, it's just... By process of elimination, you are now at a spot where you cannot, like, you're at your limit. You can't afford to lose anybody else or you're going to be in, like, some serious trouble. And so do I think Rondo was going to play a major role for the Lakers down the stretch? No, like you said, he he was on and off in playing time anyways. But I just think the combination of Rondo, Avery Bradley, you have some unproven guys. You have, again, I don't want to shit on Alex Cruz. I think he's a fine guy. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. That's true. Yeah, they do You're have missing KCP. Markeith Morris. Okay, Markeith Morris has been trash for like four years now. Okay, but in the right system, he'll be okay, right? And he's uh, maybe, but he's just another four on a team that has like six power forwards. And you're missing Jared Dudley. Okay, oh, I mean, shit. is is LeBron James even a power forward? This man can play the three and the two. He's he can really play, whatever he wants he to be. He can play wherever he wants to play. Like he's literally labeled as the point guard. KCP is the shooting guard. Danny Green's a three. Anthony Davis the four, and JaVale McGee at the five. And you have Dwight yeah. Howard there that you can. You have so many different lineups you can play because LeBron James affords you those things. So I'm not worried about their depth. Quinn Cook is a good player. Quinn Cook is an NBA player. Yeah, that's you would, true. I forgot would, Quinn Cook was on that roster. Yeah, you would like to see Quinn Cook being a point guard in Oklahoma City. So I'm not. You have, LeBron James, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, and you can play KCP on the point. You have Deion Waiters there, and you have Danny Green. Give me Waiters at the point guard. That's all I want. There's just so they have so much fluidity and they have so much star power. It does not matter. All right. Well, speaking of point guards, call me our last point for the night. Russell Westbrook has COVID. You mean COVID has caught Russell Westbrook? Yes, that is true. Uh, from his post, it seems like he's asymptomatic. He said that he's feeling fine, so I'm assuming he does not have symptoms. Um, obviously, not in the bubble. With Kevin, his hey, Kevin teammates. Stitt doesn't have symptoms, but he feels really achy and like he has his. Yeah, he has no a shit. Cold. Oh my god, I'm pretty much asymptomatic besides the sore throat and the ache and the headache. I'm pretty much asymptomatic besides all my symptoms. God, tell my ass. <laughs> so. Uh, Russ seems to be asymptomatic, hoping to join the Rockets down in the bubble soon. Um, and James Harden just recently joined the Rockets down in the bubble. He had been, uh, apparently didn't have coronavirus, yeah. but didn't make the trip with the team anyways. I'm not sure the story there. And I, sp- I spoke on this in the Boomtown Hoops Discord that you guys should join. There's a plug for you guys, Wes and Dylan. Um, but yeah, the, I, I mentioned this. I said, hey... Because I thought I thought Harden didn't hasn't didn't get to the bubble yet because of a story that I saw in Sham Sharania. He tweeted that oh, James Harden is gonna hang back and travel with Russell Westbrook maybe. So I still had in my my brain that Harden was staying back, and I was like okay, a if he's staying back, it's for three reasons maybe. A he actually has COVID and they're not saying it, which makes most sense. B he just he just knows that the team is really just him and Russ, and they make the team work, and the other guys are just auxiliary pieces to the team. Or three, him and Russ are just real good friends. And but then I found out our own Justin Peabody told me in the Boomtown Hoops Discord, which I'm plugging again, 
Justin said, no, he actually arrived last night. And he showed a tweet that happened later on that night from Shams that he had just arrived in the bubble. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, Russ has COVID. He'll travel and hopefully be there soon. And hopefully he doesn't have any more symptoms. Or hopefully he just doesn't progress or anything. Hopefully it's just a really, really lame uh, strain that's entered his body. Or he, just because he's a very, very high caliber athlete, it just can't compete with his body. Um and uh, hopefully he'll be fine. Hopefully his family's fine, and hopefully he'll make it to Orlando uh, good. I, I I really don't want to see Oklahoma City in a series with the Rockets, but that's definitely possible with no Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I and you know, quick recovery to Russ. Obviously, if he's feeling great, that that's good. It is weird that Harden didn't have it and then just didn't go. I wonder if there was a concern that maybe he did have it. It's I also strange, think maybe. Right? It's, Maybe it's easier to find out what Harden doesn't have than what isn't he does have. Isn't that the have. weirdest thing, though? Is that, isn't that strange that he was like, oh, I'm just going to hang back and let my team be there, and I'll I'll come there in a few days? Yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of explanation. Well, he needed to hit, but up, from the, he needed from to the hit up the drive through strip club one more time. <laughs> from the outside looking in, that does look like poor leadership. Like, can you imagine Chris it's Paul? It's the Rockets, man. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It's um, It ain't good. It ain't good. But he is down there now. The Rockets... We've talked about this before, Kamiar. I feel like the Rockets have the largest gap in their ceiling to floor in the bubble. They could, by meaning that they could super underachieve and lose to OKC in the first round, or they can make it to the Western Conference Finals? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they have this very wide range. And with it Russ not down there right now, with Russ maybe not getting down there till they play games uh, and getting work with his teammates with Harden uh, just now showing up, that makes me tend to believe they're going to be more closer to their floor than their ceiling. Who knows? Like, honestly, really, a, a lot of this is not even about talent. A lot of these guys will be a little rusty, and that's why they've been in that they're getting in the bubble and they're having these games and not going to play a game till August, and they still have two weeks to knock their rust off. A lot of this is getting in the back of the groove with your teammates and getting the small details down. So guys like Russ that are going to having to miss it, not because he's, he wants to, but because he tested positive for a possibly deadly virus uh, because it affects everybody differently. Uh, as we found out that Rudy Gobert still can't smell things from a, from a while away. It's not like it's funny. Cause I can still smell Rudy's bullshit. Yeah. On God, seriously, he's not getting to heaven, but, uh, <laughs> But uh, Kobe's gonna swat him down. But if you just look at it, it's about the it's about the small details. So, but at the same time, you've seen how the Rockets play. You've seen how they how Russ and Harden play. There's not a system there. That system is just play some defense. Russ and Harden will drive the lane and kick it, and that's about it. It's not anything intricate. The same thing with the Lakers. Same thing, honestly, kind of even with the Clippers. Squads like OKC, they kind of depend upon certain offense. Now, a lot of their offense actually is off pick and roll and ISO in the mid-range, but OKC, they have a bunch of young players that they need to be actively involved in the game, like Schroeder, Gallo, CP3, Shea. If one of those guys are off for a night, it makes winning very difficult. But James Harden can be off and Russell Westbrook saved the Rockets for like a month in the season and that was just fine because they're superstars Oklahoma City doesn't have a superstar and several other teams in the playoffs don't have superstars and so I'm not really worried about the Rockets to be honest I think now do I think the rhythm might be a little bit of an issue sure but do I think their offense and several other teams offenses are so are just so intricate that it's going to cause an issue no I mean, look at the Bucks. They, they, they are a team based on ball movement because of Budenholzer, right? So they might have some issues, but then again, you have Giannis. But then you look at, like, the, like I said, the Thunder. They don't have any superstars. They need teamwork. They need screens. They need pick and rolls to get their buckets. And so I think teams like Oklahoma City and maybe even the Mavs. I mean, they have Luca and Porzingis, but they have most notably Luca. Teams that rely on pick and roll and teams that rely on teamwork are going to have a lot more difficult uh, difficult time. So you'll see a lot of guys leaning on their superstars earlier. That's why I said Chris Paul needs to step up earlier. Yeah. No, I'm with you. 
I'm with you. Last little note before we get out of here, Kamiar. Apparently, the Denver Nuggets only have nine players down in the bubble right now. Is is Jokic isn't down there yet, is he? No, he got down there yesterday. Okay. He looks super skinny. Yeah, he does. He looks like he passed through the I-44 corridor and did some meth for about two <laughs> months. He does. He looks, right. really, well, he looks really pale and really, really skinny. I'm kind of concerned for him, but he, I guess he's losing, losing weight for the wedding, so good for him. On that note, we'll get out of here. Hey, thank you guys so much for checking out The Uncontested. We appreciate you. If this is your first time listening, we hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure you go download our podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your pods from. That way they download to, directly to your device every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're a longtime listener, as always, thank you so much. Go drop a five-star rating while you're at it. Check out betonline.ag. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE for your sign-up bonus. Also, like Kamiar mentioned, check out boomtownhoops.com and join the Discord channel. We're in there chatting almost every day. It's it's a really fun time. So if you're into NBA, Thunder, pop culture, whatever, the Boomtown Hoops Discord is the place for you. We will be back with you guys with our regular scheduled Monday episode. Hopefully we'll have some more bubble news for you by then. Until then, you guys have a great weekend. Please stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. We've got to get COVID under control if we want to have a football season, if we want to have an NBA season for 2020-2021, if, if we want to get schools back open, everything else. So uh, please do your part. We love you guys. Take it easy. And as always, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.